Welcome to Shrink for the Shy Guy. This is the show for you if you are sick and tired of being held back by fear, self-doubt, social anxiety, shyness, anything that's stopping you from you being you. I'm going to share the most powerful tools and resources that I've been discovering over the last 15 years on my journey to eradicate social anxiety and instill confidence, first in myself and then in every single person that I meet on my journey. You're going to learn these tools and how to apply them in your life now so that you can become the most free, powerful, bold, authentic version of you. Hey, welcome to today's episode of the show. Today, we're going to be talking about a somewhat controversial topic. In, in some ways, it's actually surprising that's not more controversial. I think most people have become relatively numb or desensitized to it, uh, like many things in our modern era. But um, I think it's worth talking about, and it's worth having you reflect a little bit on your own experience and see what's, uh, what works best for you. And of course, what that topic is, in case you didn't see the title of this episode, is porn. Pornographic material that could be consumed in a variety of ways. Magazines. Uh, stone tablets <laughs> or the most prevalent uh, is just huge data pipelines of video audio pummeling your nervous system that's the the dominant way and uh, that that's the most uh, sort of frequently used and and the most um, not only free, like widely used but frequently used as in you know daily more depends upon on the person so we're gonna get into it uh, my thoughts on it I've had a lot of people ask me over maybe even the last year there's been more and more people asking my thoughts about it and I've reflected a lot on my own experience so this is gonna be an episode where I talk a lot about my my own experience with porn my history with it my choices with it now. And uh, it's just something for you to reflect on. Um, this is not a, um, a hard and fast, everyone must do X kind of approach. It's more like, let's, re- let's look at this. Because there's so much stuff that we can do that, uh, that where we don't examine it. And as, I've, and as I've continued to grow in my own evolution, become more uh, free, confident, connected in my heart, um, I, I've questioned a lot of things that I used to do a lot of, like drink or smoke pot or play video games or use porn and and not to say that all of those are bad it's just looking at what serves me what brings me closer to who I want to be how I want to live how alive I want to feel and we're going to look at that specifically with with porn today so first thing to look at is like what's your relationship with porn right now as you're we're having this conversation something you use all the time something you use occasionally what is occasionally what is a lot you know, it's very subjective. It's kind of just you reflecting on your experience. And this, you know, this is not just men. Women experience with porn as well. Men obviously are the dominant users of porn. But there are still a, a lot of women impacted. And a lot of women can, you know, use it directly. But also a lot of women can be impacted by their, in you know, if they're with a man who is watching porn, there's an impact there. And we're going to get into that as well. Because part of the uh, minimizing in our culture is to say that it has no effect on anything. And yet... Um, that's questionable. But what, what is your current, just so we have a baseline, your current experience. And then also what's interesting to reflect on, which I started doing more of recently, when did your relationship with porn begin? How old were you? You know, for me and for many people that I talk to, our, my entire understanding of sex came from porn. 
in my life, I had zero conversations with my parents about sex. Zero. They were not going to initiate that shit. Way too uncomfortable for them. And so I heard some in middle school about kids talking about masturbating and sex. And I just kind of tried to glean my limited understanding of what they were talking about. And then porn, right? And then boom, porn is like, here, here you go. You want to see what's going on down there? Well, there you go. That's what everything looks like. <laughs> I'm like, okay, all right. And um, yeah, I think uh, the, the first probably images of nudity that I even saw, like sort of sexual uh, images of nudity would be uh, what I would look at on the computer. It's like I had any access to anything before that. It would be yeah, I was the computer and maybe even was 11. And, um, you know, look up pictures of different models and they'd just be posing naked. Uh, but then, you know, quickly into sex pictures. And then a friend of mine in middle school had somehow had a porn VHS. Who knows? Who knows where that kid who gets it, gets it from, but there it was. And we watched it and it was strange. It was very strange. I mean, just a strange experience to be watching sex with two other, you know, boys, my age, 11, 12, and also strange in the fact that the content we were watching was strange. It was like some bad seventies porn that involved space. (laughs) So like the, you know, people are wearing like shiny metal outfits and stuff. Just didn't make sense. Nothing made sense, man. But um, that was that. That was that. And then, um, you know, my first exposure to it, so I was just like looking at it and being like, oh, wow, I feel energy and aroused. Like, this is exciting. But the first actual, I didn't even know what masturbating was because no one explained anything to me. So I thought masturbating, because I heard kids at school talk about it when I was 11. And I thought masturbating meant like you got an erection, although I don't think I even knew the word erection then. Maybe just my penis gets hard. And and then there's, um, you know, with a, when a man is aroused, there's something called pre-ejaculate, right? There's a little bit of fluid comes out. And I thought that was like masturbating. I was like, oh, yeah, your penis gets hard and a little bit of fluid, you know, a little drop or two comes out. So and when kids talk about masturbating or something, and I don't know if any of them ask me or whatever, but in my mind, it was like, oh, yeah, I, I, I do that too. Or I know what's up. And um, I didn't actually discover what masturbating was <laughs> until... Uh, we, I don't know, it was 12 maybe. And we were in Washington, DC, me and my family for some reason. I think my dad had some work there maybe. And then we also turned it into like a sightseeing tour. So we're seeing monuments and stuff. And for some reason they, uh, we were in a hotel room and, and I'd somehow found out that there was like the adult movie section in there. And, and but I didn't like look at it or anything because I was in the room with my family. Maybe I just saw it like scanning through the menus or something. And so then they, like my dad's out doing his business dinner or whatever. And so my mom and my brother are like, we're going to go do blah, blah, blah. It's, it's evening time, right? It's dinner time or something. We're going to go get some blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, why don't you guys just bring me back something? I'm just going to hang out in the room. <laughs> I had a plan. And so they leave. And then I'm like, <laughs> you know, I go to the menu and I didn't want to order anything. No, I did. I did order something. It's all coming back to me. I haven't thought about this in a while. But I thought at first I thought I wasn't going to order anything, right? I was just going to look at the pictures and get, get aroused. And I did. But then it was just so tempting. It's just so tempting. And some part of my mind was like, but dude, then you're, you know, it's going to show up on the hotel bill. Like, you know, it's not free. They're going to see what you ordered. Maybe that maybe it says, maybe it just says movie, but maybe what, maybe what if it says like adult movie? So I was like, Ugh. so, but I couldn't help myself. I pressed the button. And then it was, you know, 
people having I think on I think in the hotel room my my vague recollection is probably just two women like a lesbian scene or something so not not maybe as intensely graphic as porn would soon become in my world but uh there it was and it was like whoa like video huh? alone huh? and uh so you know not just hard penis but touching myself and all of a sudden like blah you know, orgasm. And I'm like, oh my God, that, like, what is this? <laughs> and, uh, you know, surprised, felt good, uh, cleaned up. And then was like immediately like, oh my God, what have I done? <laughs> so I stopped the movie and I call the front desk and I'm like, I, I ordered the, I'm in room, whatever. And I, I accidentally ordered the wrong movie. And the woman there probably could tell the age of me and my voice and took pity upon me and said, okay, well, we'll cancel that or whatever. I was like, oh, thank God. So I felt relief. Um, and this has nothing to do, I don't think, unless on some, some energetic level or something, nothing to do with masturbating. But that night, I got horribly sick. I was like vomiting. And, it, and who knows? I don't know what's going on. We attributed it to food poisoning. But maybe there's some weird shit moving through my psychology there. I don't know. But uh, so then I had a little bit of like phobia for a while because <laughs> it was like, wow, that masturbation thing felt real good. Now I know it. Now I get what people are talking about. But then it was like, yeah, but it makes you like really sick. Even though I knew it didn't, it was kind of associated. So I was a little wary. But it didn't take me long to get up to full speed and masturbating like crazy and then finding porn online. And then, you know, um, and then by the time I think I was 15, 14 maybe even, I had a computer in my own room, which is probably a bad idea for a parent of a 14-year-old with a computer in his room for the sake of massive porn consumption. Tons. And so that was my relationship with uh, sexuality was porn. Porn and sexuality were went hand in hand. I didn't learn about it any other way. And I also didn't really date in high school or college until my very end of my senior year because I had a lot of social anxiety. And so I, you know, that was it. That was it. I mean, I had kissed a few girls in high school. Um, had one girlfriend for oh, two weeks. I freaked out at actual real connection with a woman. So it was just porn all day, every day. No, not all day, every day, but probably once a day forever. <laughs> for many years, many, many, many years. And I don't know, I'm sharing about my history in detail, um, in the hopes that maybe it'll help you reflect on your own and just see what's there. And, and what I started to discover, this was only about a year to a year and a half ago, is when I started to really become a lot more conscious of my porn use, maybe even two years ago. And I was kind of like, hmm, what am I doing here? You know, is this what I want? How do I feel before and after? What you know, and what what is this experience? What does this mean to me? Do I want to keep doing it? Kind of being more self-reflective about it. And when I did do that self-reflection, I, I I realized that um, a lot of the time I would be feeling bad on some level before using porn. I would feel anxious, or sad, or empty, or bleh, something, bleh, or overwhelmed, or procrastinating because I'm scared of a project or something like that, and then I want to masturbate. So I thought, well, that's an interesting, that's like not, it's not how I approach most of life, like through avoidance and coping like that. So I was like, well, that's interesting. And then afterwards, because I just avoided something or it just, I generally would feel like hollow and not very good afterwards. And I don't think it was like a deep moral thing. It was just like, 
ugh, I don't know. And, and there's a lot to it if you start to look at some of the research. There's a great site called thenewdrug.com. Maybe it's .org. I don't know. We'll have it below this show, maybe, or not. Just go look it up. Thenewdrug.org or .com. And they talk a lot about the, the biochemistry of porn, which I'd actually looked at maybe even more than two years ago, maybe like three years ago at this point, and read about it and was like, yeah, that is what's happening. Like, in case you don't know, uh, porn is like, it stimulates in a very drug-like way a ton of dopamine and then endogenous chemicals, endogenous uh, opiates in your mind, like the reward pathway. Like, this is great. You know, energy, excitement. Ah, that's why it feels so, it can feel so exciting. Also, that's why people tend to habituate to what they're watching and need something more intense to stimulate and energize them. Also, really interesting research about a lot of men in their 20s with erectile dysfunction from having been with porn since they were 12 years old, right? So actual sex is not, uh, doesn't work in the same way because they've had so much, you know, thousands of repetitions of associating erections and orgasm with porn. So I started to feel that effect, like, oh, this is like a drug. This operates like a drug in me. And I, you know, systematically been removing and reducing all things that I did that were getting me away from my own heart, my own feelings, because I found that the more I was able to be in my body and not run away from anything, the better my life was, the more fulfilled and content I felt, the better husband I was, the better father I was, the better coach and leader and mentor and teacher I was. I felt better as a person when I wasn't escaping things through drugs or alcohol or porn or stuff like that. So I started to examine it more and more and more and even took a few like, I'm going to stop using it for a while. But that's when you realize it is kind of like a drug. And so I radically reduced my use of it, especially once I got into my relationship with Candace. Um... And then the last, and then once we had children and everything, it was just, there was just a lot less. It just felt like I, want, I was less interested in it, but I still probably would use it once a week, maybe, maybe less sometimes. And I thought it's no big deal. I'll just use it once a week, whatever. It doesn't really affect anything. And then I really started to examine things at the beginning of 2018. And I was like, you know, I don't know if that's true, that it really doesn't affect anything. And besides... Like, I wasn't that much considering how much it affected things with Candace, but it was like, for me, I don't like that I'm using this and I'm only using it as a way to get away from my feelings. Like, I don't want to do this anymore. It just felt like out of alignment for me. So I said, okay, I'm done. And then I stopped. And then I realized that, well, I got to learn how to work with if there's any cravings, what are the patterns, what are the things that make me want to use it. And I also just did some more research about the porn industry and different aspects of it and uh, found some stuff that was, I don't know, unpleasant, painful to watch. There's a, there's a documentary called Hot Girls Wanted about young women who get into amateur porn and sort of how they're like, they're just used for like, you know, three to six months and then then they don't get work anymore. And just like the different scenes that they're in and how it starts out kind of exciting for them and then becomes kind of weird and manipulative and, um, and just like the level of disconnection these young women felt from themselves and for their own bodies. And just, there's a lot of like use, like being used kind of was my perception of it. And like, oh yeah, I'm a part of that. Like I never really sat down and thought about, which is crazy to think you can spend whatever, 20 years using something and never deeply think about the 
the actual people, which is surprising to me, but not really in a way, because when we're when when we're in a state of using something, we cannot actually examine it fully because it creates too much cognitive dissonance. You know what cognitive dissonance is? That's like um, two opposing things at once. It creates like an inner tension. Like, for example, you know, you say, you know, John is a great person. He's a good friend of yours. I love John. And then you get some information like John just like, you know, aggressively attacked somebody for no reason or something. You'd be like, wait a minute, hold on a second here. Like, does not compute. John is a good person. John like beat this person up for no reason. Uh, confusing in my brain. And what we'll do is we will eliminate that information. Just whacked my microphone there. I got all excited talking about John beating somebody up. But, uh, you know, it, uh, he, you say, no, no, he didn't do that. Or he must've had a good reason or whatever, right? Like we eliminate that other information. We rationalize, we justify. And there's tons of research on cognitive dissonance. You could look it up if you like. Very interesting thing that humans do. But anyway, so for example, if I'm watching porn and I'm partaking in porn, I can't really deeply think about the women involved and to to, to, to degree the men too. If you read some of their stories, it's, it's not great, but uh, you know, you can't really think about it because then you're like, now I'm having all these fucked up, <laughs> confused feelings while watching porn. I just want to like numb out. I don't want to think about it. And that's the same thing with, with the meat industry, right? Like, you know, eating animals from horrendous conditions in factory farms. Like you can't really examine that and really think about that and feel that fully until you're no longer doing that. Then you can look back. And that's exactly what happened to me. So when I stopped using porn, I was just like, oh God, you know, Wow. All this pain wrapped up and all the pain in the people and not, not everyone involved. I don't know everyone in the industry and their story, but just the stories that I saw didn't seem too great. And then also in my own self, like how much I was avoiding a lot of pain with porn and video games when I was young and then pot and then alcohol. Like just how much I was trying to numb down this like deep ache for connection, deep ache for connection with my, with my dad and my family, deep ache for connection with um, with women, with connection, and even deep ache of connection for, with friends, because I did have some friends. I had a really good couple of friends, but we were super like guarded. You know, we were we were friends, but we weren't that vulnerable with each other. And you couldn't really reveal like what was going on or your hardships. It was just kind of like buddies. And you know, there's a lot of like pecking order and staying safe and being guarded and, and attacking other vulnerability in others and not revealing vulnerability. So you're kind of like companions, but you're not like deeply known. And I was like, at that time in my life, deeply known by nobody. And it hurt and I was aching for that. And I dealt with that by using all these things, including porn. And so I was able to see all that as I stopped. And then what really blew me away was I had some awareness of it, but it really became crystal clear when I stopped and I talked about it with Candace. So about a month after I stopped using it, I brought that up with her and said, Hey, you know, and we hadn't talked about it that much in the last year or so, but we had used to, we used to have a lot more conversations about porn and it always brought up pain for her, you know, and, and the, and she, you know, earlier, early in our relationship before we had kids and everything, it was it would really bother her, you know, that I would use porn and, and I was kind of like, Hey, I'm no longer a nice guy and I'm going to assert myself. And this is what I do. And I'm, this is my private thing. And, you know, so I had boundaries around it and stuff. So she was trying to work with that. And she actually saw a counselor for a variety of reasons, but that was one of the things that she brought up. And the way the counselor approached it, and I think a lot of people in society approach it, is like, hey, listen, women, 
if you're insecure about your man using porn, you just need, it's like a personal uh, insecurity in you. And you need to heal that up because you have low self-esteem. And that's kind of the approach that our counselor took. And that's the approach that she took and tried to work with it. But, and then, you know, did so okay, I suppose. But what really happened is she kind of shut down. And our relationship was so awesome. I mean, it was like the best relationship I could imagine. And we felt so close and we had hot sex and we made babies and it was awesome. And we still wanted to have sex even when she was pregnant, even when we had babies and we had to wait, you have to wait a period of time after she has the baby before you can have sex again. And we're kind of looking forward to that time. So we had a very vibrant sex life. So I thought, well, what's, you know, she's not, everything's fine. But actually it was fine and good, but it was like, 25 or 25, 30%, I don't know, 40% shut down of what it could be, right? So instead of being 100%, it's 68%. But I don't know that it's 68% because I don't have that comparison point because there's never been in a time relationship where I wasn't using porn. So it felt like, wow, this is great. Then I stopped, we talk about it, and she has all this stuff that comes up, all this stuff that was like suppressed and like how she like went against her own feelings to try to just cope with it because I was so amazing in every other way. It's kind of like, well, he's amazing in all these other ways. So just work with this thing that hurts. And then when I got to a place of like, I'm done with this. And it wasn't like, I'm done with this because you're hurting about it and I'll I'll stop. It was like inside of me. Like, I really want to be done with this. Then she really could open up. And man, she like lit up (laughs) and just her energy shifted. She became very excited and, and open, way more open with me. And she could, even within like the, maybe a week, once she found out, I'd stopped for about a month. And she said, even she she wondered what was going on. Cause when we'd make love, she's like, you're more present, you're more sensitive, you're more perceptive in subtle ways. And there's something, there's something going on there. And I don't know if it's just like, I don't think it's that porn was like somehow preventing me from being sensitive to her energy. It was that Porn was shutting down my heart. Porn was just one way that I would shut down my heart. Porn, pot, other things that I would do to try to like, whoa, I'm feeling a lot in there. Let me close it down. It's too much. I don't like, I don't like feeling this much. And that's been my journey for many years, but especially in the last like couple years, it's like how to expand my capacity to feel even more, even more in my heart. The awakening of my heart. I'm so glad I found a, audio training uh, by Reginald Ray, who's a meditation teacher called Awakening the Heart. I'm listening to it right now and doing the exercises and it is so good for me. But it's about really being in our bodies more, being in our heart more. And so I think she's feeling that. Like when I'm making love with her, I'm more in there. And um, she's happy as can be. Now I'm, you know, now I'm an awesome husband on all fronts. (laughs) So, and it feels really good. I've had some occasional moments in there, you know, it hasn't, I've had other times in my life where I wanted to stop using porn and I struggled just like I had times in my life where I didn't want to eat meat and I struggled, but switching to veganism, like man, year, year and a half ago now. And then also stopping porn at the beginning of 2018, both of those shifts felt very easy in some ways. Cause it was like, Oh, Oh yeah, no, I'm done. I don't want to do that anymore. It just felt like a very, very clear, like active alignment with my integrity and who I want to be. So it wasn't, there were sometimes moments of challenge, but there was no like this, oh my God, I'm so tormented because I really do want to do it. It's more just like, whoa, there's that urge. And I would have that with porn. 
Um, especially I um, would travel. I went to like a training or something in a different city and I'm alone three days in the evenings at night in the hotel room with a laptop. You know, that could be a trigger. And I got really clear in myself. Like, I don't want to do this. I really don't. And so one of the nights I was like alone and, and feeling uncomfortable stuff and I could feel that. Like, I want to escape from my feelings with porn. So I just watched some videos on YouTube about <laughs> about porn and its effect on people and some of the negative effects of it. And I was like, I needed to just, you know, indoctrinate myself. And that helped. And then as time has gone on, there's been less and less of an urge. And really now I see that that urge to use porn or do something else, smoke pot or whatever for me, is a signal to slow down and like feel. I need to feel there's something uncomfortable I need to feel fear, sadness, whatever. And I need to slow down and tune into my heart more. And that's what's been helping me. So what are you seeing about yourself? This is a pretty open book here, sharing of myself. What do you notice? What comes up for you? Do you relate to it? Do you feel, uh, does it stir up discomfort? Do you feel like there's, I'm judging you or that I'm saying it's wrong and you disagree with me? Like just notice whatever energy is getting stirred up in you. You know, I remember there was, uh, I was sharing this in my, um, in a one day retreat for my unstoppable confidence mastermind before the, one of my last live events. And uh, I was sharing about, that was pretty early, earlier in the, um, in the experience. And I was talking about Candace kind of opening up more to me. And there was a guy in the group um, who'd really struggled a lot in relationships to really form deep connections with women. And he said, hey, listen, Aziz, I, I, need, a, I need variety, okay? As like a man, you know, genetically or uh, evolutionarily, I need a lot of women, but, you know, our society, that's not, as, that's not as okay unless you want to do polyamory or something. But, you know, so I need some variety. And, you know, so I, I want to have that, have a relationship and have that. And I said, I get it, you know, that's something that I used to think myself as well and tell myself as well. And I thought, you know, what's interesting though, is if I'm getting my variety by fantasizing and visualizing and for all intent purposes, you know, purposes, like tricking my brain into thinking I'm having sex with some other woman, like how motivated am I going to be to create variety in my sex with, in my sex life with my partner? You could tell yourself, oh, I was super motivated. No, not really. <laughs> you know, it's like if, you, if you're trying to eat healthy and you say, I'm just going to have a snack of like this package of Oreos, how motivated are you going to be later to like make a healthy salad? Not really, right? And I think the metaphor is pretty uh, fitting there that like sex is this like nourishing experience and porn is like a this sort of sugary, chemical-y thing. They were like, oh, oh, that feels intense in my mouth when I eat it. Oh, my stomach hurts, right? So that's how porn is versus actual sex. And it gets complex. I mean, this, this, less, this episode could be like five hours because we could get into, well, if you've only, if, you're, if you're a lot of your experience is through porn, of se- you know, your experience of sex is through porn and your heart is pretty shut down, then when you do have sex, it's going to be, kind of like just getting off there's not going to be a deep connection there you're not going to slow down like so when candace and i have sex like we slow down and like look at each other and are there with each other and we have a um i guess a little what would you call it a a culture 
that's not the greatest word, but like a culture, uh, an agreement almost, an unspoken agreement between us that we can talk during sex, that we can pause during sex, that we can talk. Like The goal is to be closer from this, not just to get our game faces on and get off. And it's like, so if you notice something in the other person or someone wants to share, you can just share what's happening. You know, so something's coming up, like I'm feeling anxious right now or this or whatever, like you talk during sex and did this just the other day. And even from years of doing this with her, I still was sharing something I was experiencing and saying like, and I feel like I I'm judging myself for saying this because, you know, I should be more just doing it, you know, and she laughed because it's so absurd, but I'll still have that insecurity sometimes. But that's, I understand that that's that's rare. And so a lot of people that are experiencing with dating, especially if you're like drinking or doing something to get ready for sex to kind of numb you out or build you up or whatever. And then you're just trying to have sex. It it makes it a very like mechanical, I don't really care about you experience. And, um, you know, in that case, it's, it is a lot like porn, right? You know, it's just kind of getting off with some, some body there. And that, that's not something that I ever really wanted. Even when I was in a period of dating a lot of different women, I wanted to have like real connections with whoever I was with and really enjoy that time and really be open and experience love in my heart, even if we weren't going to be together as a partnership. And so if we're shut down, if we've had a lot of porn or shut ourselves down in other ways, then you might not get nourished from that salad. You might not get nourished from that really healthy bowl of whatever's healthy for you, fruit and grains and such. So we are like, well, it doesn't affect things, but it does. And if you, if you start to remove some of those ways that you shut yourself down, you'll start to be more open in sex and in connection, in relationships, in life. So, and there's, there's a lot of um, other stories or reasons or things that I had about why porn was good and I wanted it and I needed it and so on and so forth. Just like I had a million and one stories why I should and it's good and it's fine to eat meat. Actually, I didn't have a lot of those. I mostly thought I don't want to be doing this. It just tastes so good. I can't stop. That was my main reason. And maybe some story about needing a buttload of protein, but that was, that was totally false. You don't need that much and you can get it all from vegan sources, but that's a different topic. Uh, but it's something to reflect on. In fact, that brings us to you know, how you can use this, how we can turn this into action for you today with your action step. Time for action. 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 Your action step for today is to bring more mindful awareness to your experience of using porn. So pay attention when you feel an urge to use it and just notice that. Like slow down for just 30 seconds. Breathe and feel in your body. What is that? Is there an energy? Is there a tension? Is there a pressure? For me, I'd often find that there's kind of like a hollowness feeling as you know, there's like an excitement and an energy and like a d- drive and desire to go use it. But there's also like a hollowness or an emptiness in my heart. Just notice what it is for you. Also notice some of the mental stories that, you know, that are happening, like firing fast. Like I just need to, or I'm just horny or I'm, you know. I haven't, I don't know what stories I would tell myself, like I haven't had sex in a while or I haven't this in a while, so I need to release something, <laughs> whatever, right? So just notice what those stories are and then go ahead and use porn. Pay attention to the experience. Be as mindful as you can during that experience and then afterwards, like just pay attention during the whole time. You can pause while you're using it and just like reflect on how am I feeling now? And then when you're done, how did that feel? How do I feel in this moment? 
What are my thoughts now? Breathing, getting more into your body, and just being in your experience more. And just notice what that's like. And then if you'd like, you know, check out thenewdrug.org. See some of the videos they have. Look around, poke around online. What's his name? Oh, he's a great, he's a comedian. He's a British guy. He played it. He was in Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Uh, I'm blanking on his name. He's a British guy with long hair. Very intelligent, very articulate comedian. Oh, if only I could remember his name. He's the he's the rock star from Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Anyway, he has got um, some interesting videos about porn. Um, that just him, he recorded some of his thoughts on it. I really like his thoughts. They're they're thoughtful and articulate. Uh, but I wish I could give you his name. I'm gonna here. I'm gonna pause for a second. I'll be right back. I'm gonna look his name up online. I'll be right back. Russell Brand, Russell Brand, totally, totally knew that. Anyway, um, you can just look up Russell Brand and porn on YouTube and hear some of his thoughts. Just kind of raise some awareness, right? You don't have to, this episode's not like a, go stop right now, what's wrong with you? It's just, I've uh, benefited a lot from looking at this, from seeing the sort of the ways that it was infused with pain and, and also prevented me from growing to the next level. And you might be at that stage yourself. I think it ultimately can create a, healthier, deeper connection with your own heart and your, and your relationships, uh, your romantic relationships to, um, to really examine that, that your relationship with porn and Candace's experiment experience of being, uh, feeling pain or hurt is, is not unique to her. That's actually very common in relationships. Um, and it can go both ways, but again, the largest consumers of porn are men and, you know, the vast majority of men are heterosexual. So you have a lot of the dynamic is between men using porn and their female partners, you know, feeling pain about it. And um, it could be a very, it's a hard conversation to have, a really hard conversation to have when you're in it, right? Because again, cognitive dissonance. So when Candace and I used to talk about it before I was not using it, I'd have a lot of defensiveness and shame and all that stuff. So it would make it hard for me to really hear about her experience. And then when I stopped, I was able to hear a lot more because I was no longer needing to defend it. But it's a worthwhile thing to even have a conversation with your partner about it. And look, who knows? Maybe it's perfect for you and your partner loves it and you guys are totally okay with it and you feel very relaxed and this is not that applicable for you. And that's that's totally fine too. But we just want to find what's true for you and what the next stage in your growth and your evolution is. So bring more mindfulness to your relationship and use of pornography is your action step for today. Thanks for being with me. I know this was a long one. You're awesome. Until we speak again, may you have the courage to be who you are and to know on a deep level that you're awesome. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to Shrink for the Shy Guy with Dr. Aziz. If you know anyone who can benefit from what you've just heard, please let them know and send them a link to shrinkfortheshyguy.com. For free blogs, ebooks, and training videos related to overcoming shyness and increasing confidence, go to socialconfidencecenter.com.